Hello, Rachel. Hi, Brian. So tell me, how was your week, please? Terrible, yes. of course. <laughs> and it's like gotten to the point where I feel like I'm not equipped to hold anybody's jock strap. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I can't say that no, on a you podcast. you can't say that. <laughs> I mean... Blank strap. Blank strap. That's much more civil because we never <laughs> swear on this podcast. Is jock strap even a swear? It's like a article of clothing. You it's, could buy it in a sporting goods store. All I want to do is hold jock straps and, <laughs> and everyone's telling me I'm unfit. It's- Some days that's all I want to. Okay, we'll break that down. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go, you need to let it go, need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, there's so much going on. Obviously, we have to address the impeachment and uh, the Ukraine issue. There's, you know, we don't even know where to start. You came over a few hours ago. We started watching TV. It was it's, one story. Now there's another now there's story. A packet, packet of propaganda. With calligraphy or, on and the outside. Pictures of Trump hotels. We don't know what this is all about. It's too confusing. So we figured we'd zoom out and tell the story from like 30,000 feet in the way that we only know how is as a story, as it might be written in a novel cinematic. or a film. Cinematic. Yeah. So yes. we said, what would happen if we decided to make a movie of this whole thing going on? Of this whole stupid Watergate or um, the... Ukraine clown posse, that's which the is name. what that's Mueller the, uh, she wrote calls it. That's yeah. obviously the name of the movie, Ukraine clown posse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, and I, I have to say, we we really thought a lot about this, and we've assembled one of the most eclectic casts of all time. Um, you know, this cast is for everybody: history buffs, <laughs> anime it's like freaks. Stefan. It has, every, it, it, has, it, has it has everything. So, um, I think the first thing we should talk about is the setting, and the setting is so important in a film. It's almost a, another character. Yeah, that's right. Like they say, Woody Allen movies, New York City is the character. It, is, yes, right, absolutely. The main protagonist. And the setting for this movie is in the deep state, and the best thing to represent the deep state is the upside down in Stranger Things, which is turning out. I have. To <laughs> Say, not, to so be, uh, not so strange, not so strange, documentary <laughs> of our time. So I think we have no choice but I know to, where you're going with this. <laughs> but given that location and given that we are in the upside down, we must cast Trump as the mind flayer, which yes, is the, the villain, the supernatural villain that likes to aggregate rats and they congeal <laughs> to form other entities and humans, humans. Who, uh, human-like <laughs> entities that then he unleashes on the world and they attack to other... do his bidding right right so all of the this phalanx of insaniacs that are suddenly taking to the air to defend trump those are his rats. his people. rats um right and the first one that we must address is rudy giuliani he's the king rat and we thought about this we were like there's really nobody with that type of face anymore so we need to employ it's technology it's a rare face <laughs> we need to either resurrect nosferatu from the dead and put him on meth yes or <laughs> the 1920s <laughs> silent <laughs> the silent horror movie nosferatu maybe you have a mental picture but on meth because he's super hyper and verbal Right. Okay, that's a that's, that's a plausible one option. Yep. Um and or we can do a CGI version of Skeletor <laughs> from the 1980s uh, cartoon He-Man. He-Man. <laughs> yes. That would equally be equally plausible. 
equally plausible. <laughs> or Billy from Stranger Things. Right, because that's the one who actually did the, the was, real His body the dirty was work. overtaken he, by the Mind Flayer, the, By the Mind Flayer. Okay, so we're going to have to hold a casting for that. I don't know who's going to actually <laughs> yeah. represent Skeletor or Nosferatu. But I, I could see any one of those. We can't. There's no losers in that batch. No, any one of them could be a winner. It's great options. Okay, so, who else do we have for the rest of the cast? So we've got... Um, VP Mike Pence. Yes. And there's only one person for that role. Ellen, I, I have, Ellen could... DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> it would be amazing. It would be very apt because he hates the gays and the lesbians. It would be just it would a, be a real poke in the eye. A poke in the Cyclops eye. <laughs> okay. And then we've got... I don't um, know where you found that, but sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> She's very interested in this role. And versatile. Yes. She can do anything. And she can dance really well, too. Yes. Just like Mike Just Pence. like Mike Pence. Okay, so Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Um, I, I think that there's only one person for this role. And yes, it will be a challenge. It will be a transformation, not unlike Charlie the Theron in Monster. Those or, are the best roles where someone has to physically transform themselves. Yes, absolutely. Inhabit the role. So I think Secretary of State Mike Pompeo should be played by Ellen Pompeo <laughs> of <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. Yeah. Yes, it will be. A, Who has the added benefit of being a woman. Yes, I think it will be a very interesting challenge yes, for Yes, and her. also a not not overweight woman whereas opposed to mike uh, as opposed to mike pompeo who is like mr creosote yes so uh, listen i i think ellen pompeo can do anything and this is the if perfect she can do role anything she it. can do this yes. she can do mike pompeo okay who else do you got in the <laughs> so, cast here i think senate majority leader mitch mcconnell um, no, you everyone know, already says he looks like a turtle. A turtle. Right? He so does. I, he does. When I went to no. Google him, the first thing when I started typing, like, MIT, not the university <laughs> or Mitt Romney, it came up, Mitch McConnell turtle. Yes. Because he does, indeed. Right. So, of course, that would be the standard That's casting. the obvious but choice. But we do not and go for the standard. Listen, we'll keep a sea turtle, like, on hold, just in <laughs> case the these other options. He's swing player. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I think the monster from Pan's Labyrinth, which is Guillermo del Toro's yeah. famous Oscar-winning horror movie. Oh, that one with his hands movie. in front of his eyes with the, like, the fleshy, with the, fleshy skin, the white, fleshy yes. skin, but and no chin. No chin. Right. And the droopy mass. Yes. yes. You, you guys should all Google the image of that because you may not remember what he, that we'll that, link to it in the show notes yes because so many people read those <laughs> <laughs> and um the final choice for mitch mcconnell will be granny from the beverly hillbillies oh i'm not sure the kids the millennials they don't really know. know what that word is well but it was a show it was a show about hillbillies. Fact, <laughs> it was mostly in black and white for most of its <laughs> run i believe which is a way that they used to make television okay moving on yes <laughs> this would not be a film without kellyanne conway oh she's the she's gonna be the breakout star yes she will be the one the scene stealer the one that everybody's talking but about it's all based on who we cast who as we kellyanne cast conway or what we cast <laughs> okay <laughs> and i think that that a mop would do the trick a and, mop <laughs> Like with from, like the mop pair, like a, like from the janitor's closet <laughs> in the basement, because yeah. that is really what they use Kellyanne Conway Maybe for. Like they a... lock her in a closet in the basement, and then when they need someone who is like too horrible for words to come out and say like unspeakable like lies, they unleash up, her. They unleash just her. mop up the lies. Yes. She just like comes out like 
dipped in ammonia. <laughs> that's her. That's her. I think, I think that's the Academy Award winning role. <laughs> I think she's so. She's the one, like, there's always one, like, usually, like, uh, supporting actor or actress who, like, has never been in a movie before. They came out of nowhere and suddenly... They're the new hot thing. Well, certainly a mop. Has the mop ne- <laughs> is, we've never had a mop before. That's our finest Nobody living. Nobody thought of this. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Call us. Call we us know. Mop. We have a mop. <laughs> okay. We have a ro- open role for a mop. If you are a mop looking for a breakout role, just call us. <laughs> just call us. Um, okay. And then the last one we have is uh, we can't forget Lindsey Graham. No, who could forget him? We can't. Nobody I wish could I could. <laughs> He's gotten worse and worse. <laughs> okay. And uh, wait, and who who do you have for him? So I think that um, this one requires resurrecting someone from the dead. Um, but well, we have CGI people. We have, I'm sure Granny from Beverly Hillbillies is dead. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> there's precedent for this. We have an inanimate object. Precedent in this one <laughs> scenario. So um, I think he can only be played by one person, and that person is Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> No, wait, did you say Eleanor Roosevelt? Yes. They just look at a picture of Eleanor Roosevelt next to a picture of Lindsey Graham. From a I think that angle, if they did 23 and me, they would realize they are third cousins or something. Are, well, FDR and Eleanor were second cousins. Maybe so they we don't bred know. peculiar people like Lindsey Graham. <laughs> we don't know. Of South Carolina. Listen, could be oh anything. Oh, my God. Wow. So that's the cast so far. Yes. Um, it's in progress. Um, and I think that, like, you know, in most films, the plot is driven by dialogue. But in this case, I think that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Because they're all just shouting nonsense at each other and at the TV and everywhere. Yeah, usually there's, like, logic to fall back on or, like, reason or, like, some sort of, like, motivation. Or some tortured logic. At best, give me tortured, tortured logic. logic. I would love the torture. Give me enhanced interrogation. Right. But these people only have one page in their playbook and that is shouting nonsense all the time. So rabid dogs. um, So I think we'll just have that. And then like the the thing that drives the plot forward will be the jock strap. (laughs) That's the the prop the McGuffin people. (laughs) The Academy Award for Creative Arts is squarely in their favor when their only prop is a jock strap. So yeah, so just to explain what the jock strap is, Trump today at a news conference said that like um, Adam Schiff is not fit to hold his blank strap, but he was referring to jock strap, even though he said like is that a, I've never heard that bullshit phrase before. and shithead in like the same sentence. Is but jock strap, you cannot say it. it. I I've never heard of it before. I think he invented it in the moment. Blank strap. Yes. Does um, he spend a lot of time thinking about Adam Schiff's? Jock strap or Mike Pompeo's jock strap? Possibly, but there's a bit of bo- jock strap backstory that I want to talk <laughs> I about because I I feel like this would be the origin story of the jock strap, oh, which could be maybe like we, maybe there should be like before the credits, of like, like a, a or, Bond, like a Bond movie where there's a cold open, spin off, like jock the Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> the jock strap rises. So <laughs> last week, the Joker. <laughs> The Joker. So last week, um, there's a Fox business correspondent named Charlie Gasparino, who I actually used to work with at the Wall Street Journal. He's like a blowhard stuffed suit. And he went on um, Neil Cavuto's show on Fox and went into this like strange rant about how the Wall Street Journal's report about AT&T's desire to sell DirecTV was like ripped off from his producer. And what he said was, I want to say this, you know, 
because we broke the story. I want to say that the Wall Street Journal, the editor there who went to my wedding, Matt Murray, the reporters who are probably good reporters, but they couldn't wear my jockstrap as a reporter (laughs) or hold it. I think hold it is the term. So he said that. So it went from, wait, this is, so this is a meme that's a week old. <laughs> it's from Fox. And it's from Fox. And it went from wear my jock strap. To hold my jock strap to blank strap. Who would compare someone like he, he's so lame he couldn't even wear my jock strap. So is I, he implying that like his dick is so small that it wouldn't fit in the jock strap? Do the reporters want to wear his jock strap? Does he wear a jock strap to do, work? Is it at a shared? Fox? Is it a shared jock strap? Is <laughs> it like, you know we? <laughs> it's like we work like we, we strap work for jock strap. <laughs> we strap. <laughs> I don't know. This so, is terrible. Okay, so, the last question we have about this is who is going to direct this masterpiece? Because okay. the movie is nothing unless there's a director attached. Right. So I think that, like, you know, given the origin story of the jockstrap, um, Christopher Nolan is an obvious choice. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Or... <laughs> If not Christopher Nolan, the only other option would be Christopher Guest. <laughs> Naturally, because we either we want a mindfuck sci-fi thriller or, or a, a mockumentary, mockumentary about either a, a play or a dog show or a dog metal and pony band. show. Yeah, dog and pony show. Can we just shut this down? No, no. Okay. Make it the stop. next, the next you'll hear of this is when it's got its theatrical release. Luckily, it is Oscar season. I'm sure you will see. Everyone, including us, has best produced uh, for when it wins best film. You and I will be up there as the we producers. We'll be up there holding the mop, <laughs> <laughs> holding Kelly and Conway, propping her up in her bucket of filth. <laughs> Shut it down. Nope. Okay. Okay, at least the Democrats are rising, rising above this. Um, I want to talk about what's happening on the other end of the aisle. I'm not even going to talk about the nonsense that the Republicans are saying about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and like the completely disproven conspiracy theory. What I'm kind of proud of is the fact that the Democrats and, and Joe Biden included are really keeping focused on the issues. They despite are. All, you can do two things at one time. You can yes. talk about the impeachment and you can actually talk about issues. So he's got real policy proposals. And one of them he talked about while he was speaking a couple of weeks ago now at uh, the Workers' Presidential Summit in Philadelphia. And here's the quote that um, he used to, to highlight his, his proposal. He said, you get a tax break for a racehorse. Why in God's name couldn't we provide an $8,000 tax credit for everybody who has child care costs? Okay. Okay, good, that's right? good. I'm it interested It would put in 720 million women back in the workforce. <laughs> 720 million women. Is he trying to reimpose twice the population of the United United States States of America and a reasonable proportion of the population of Earth? So is he going to (laughs) basically apply this tax break to the entire Earth? Okay. So I have a few questions here. First of all, where are all these women that he's going to employ? They're in binders. (laughs) Are they the women in binders? Mitt Romney, he's going to employ Mitt Romney in his administration as the director of women. And they're going to just be like, Break out the binders. <laughs> Break out the binders. We have all their names. So <clears throat> my other question is, what's going to happen to the racehorses? What like jobs are these women going to do? And I think I have the answer. I think the, all the women are going to breed the racehorses. But why was he saying like racehorses why, get a tax right, right, credit? Right. We should do that for women. Like why? Like, <laughs> Instead I mean, of racehorses. It's such a poor way are, to phrase it. Why are it? women <laughs> any worse than racehorses? <laughs> I don't know. They seem kind of equally... <laughs> Equally. Is it fast? 
I don't know. It seems like you get the best of both worlds. If you put the 700 million women to work breeding the racehorses, race, race then everybody, the it's a race to the bottom. Everybody, it's a race to the top. Everybody wins. Everybody. The women are employed. The racehorses are getting this bred. Is, it's fantastic. This is Joe Biden. You have some okay ideas, but the way you frame them is just No, the only disaster. thing he has in favor of him, frankly, is he can win. Like... I'm in favor. I'm, I'm honestly, can. I'm a Biden voter while he can win. If and the minute the nominee, he can't win, I'm, the minute I'm, he can't win, I'm jumping ship. Yeah. I don't care. I'll vote for Marianne Williamson. Williamson. Marianne Faithful. <laughs> yes. Marianne from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I'll vote for any Marianne Absolutely. as long as they can win. Um, so Joe Biden, pick a better issue to run on than the three quarters of a billion women. Who you're going to help get jobs through a tax <laughs> no, credit? No. no, this is not okay. your winning issue. Shut it down. All right, enough of this. Enough of this. Okay, I want to talk about the real scandal of our time. Oh, okay. Um, there's a fitness influencer named Tammy Steffens, and she has been sentenced to nearly five years in federal jail. That's serious. What does she do? Um, What's she, her name? Tammy Steffens? Tammy Steffens. She created 369 fake Instagram accounts to troll rival bodybuilders. Oh, my God. This is terrible, right? Yeah, but is that a federal crime? Five years. I mean, five years sounds pretty These steep. These people, like... Cops are shooting innocent people and they and get off scot-free, right? And Felicity Huffman is buying her way into Ivy League schools and getting 14 days in jail. Yeah. And this, so this Tammy. Yes. So, Tell me about Tammy, please, because there must be more to the story. So, Tammy once ran a business for training and coaching bodybuilders um, called Beyond Fit Bikini out of Florida. Okay. And she was very competitive, um, which is, you know, the bodybuilding world. It is competitive. Is... <laughs> Ter- Teresa Judah. Dice, you know, in the most recent season, became a competitive bodybuilder. She got carried away. She, it's easy to it's get easy. carried you're, away. You're right on the, the edge <laughs> when you're a bodybuilder. So um, there was this federal investigation that found that Tammy repeatedly called, text, emailed, and contacted via social media at least six people over the course of two years. So what? I, I call and text people. I call people. six people every, a, a day. Okay, so she created these... Instagram accounts and use them to harass and threaten these people. One of them, she told... These are other trainers. These are other bodybuilders. Her competitors, yes. She kind of did like a Tanya, a digital Tanya Harding. Oh, that's a good movie, by the way, I, Tanya. Oh, yeah, it was great. Um, So one of them, she told, um, she said, I'm going to slice you up into little pieces. Ooh, that's a little serious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not consistent with the bodybuilder code of conduct. Code of honor, I know. (laughs) Code of honor. Honor among thieves <laughs> honor among builders and then she texted another one saying all hell is going to rain fire down on your world like never seen before followed oh, well, by among the terrible things that that's a mixed metaphor which is what are they supposed to yeah, rain that's fire on your world but, i don't know so then there was a picture of a woman holding two knives <laughs> to add in a third metaphor with the caption i'm coming that is ter- that's that is terrible. very scary, that's right? That's scary. So, so, and then it gets worse. So, the Florida authorities said that she reported to the police that there was a <laughs> what a headless doll that was left <laughs> on the front porch of her home with a note inside the doll that read "New toy for the kids." What does that mean? 
don't know, but then they're they're just like trolling each other. And then the, and the police said that they found a witness who overheard her, overheard Tammy telling her friend that she was um, planning to leave the headless doll on her own porch. Oh, so she, she, it was a fraud. Like she, she planted, pretended. but what a strange. Yeah, she plans. has a very weird mind. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> Whatever she's taking for those bodybuilding competitions, I think has gone to it's her head. It's gone to her head. But then she also faked the attempted kidnapping of her 12-year-old daughter and tried to pin it on a former business partner. And she faked evidence like this binder that was found <laughs> at the scene of the crime with her like name on it. But then she it was found that she bought it the day before. Okay, at the problem Office here, Depot. I'll stop you right here. The problem is proportionality. Right. Yeah. There needs to be some. I mean, I understand that she's a competitive person. No doubt. She's a muscular person <laughs> of body and mind. No doubt. Not sound but body. Th- and not mind. sound body and mind. And this is just too far. Yeah. It's a bridge too far. Yeah. But I guess like when you yeah, when you fake a police report, that is a very serious offense. Yes. So that is probably why she is in jail. She probably deserves to be there. I, I think she should stop taking those meds for the bodybuilding. I doubt she'll get them at like the dispensary in prison okay right so, i saw orange is the new black so uh, you know I, I i don't know i i wish that our politicians were tackling these Real issues. issues like this joe biden fuck the 700 million women focus on this one woman forget about big tech focus <laughs> on big body <laughs> it's a big issue elizabeth warren's rallying against big tech all the time yeah. who cares if facebook and amazon are raping uh, us like financially these are the people who are leaving headless dolls on their own porches <laughs> and reporting crimes they're tying up our police yes who are not focusing on real crimes like joe and hunter biden and crowdfire and <laughs> crowd strike a crowd strike in ukraine okay there's, so there's no no shut, no, shut down tammy wynette or whatever your name is no no I'm going to talk about a crime. Well, before I tell you about that, I'm going to tell you a, a happy story. This, okay. uh, this goes all the way back to 2013. It's about a couple named Christine Barnett, age 45, and her now ex-husband, Michael Barnett, age 43. They were a good Christian couple living in Indiana, land of Mike Pence, right? Everyone there must yeah. behave virtuously. And they were just charged with abandoning their nine-year-old daughter, when they were living in Lafayette, Indiana, and then they fled to Canada. Wow. What kind of depraved individual monsters would, mon- who would, do would, would abandon a nine-year-old in their home and flee to Canada? Garbage monster. The child was named Natalia Grace, and she was adopted from Ukraine. Oh my God. When she was six. Uh-huh. So all these stories come back to one another. I wonder if there's the whistleblower has it's a singularity. <laughs> Everything that rises must converge. Um, but there was something amiss with Natalia. Um, over the years, the few years that after they had adopted her, at, at pure humanitarian, um, Natalia had tried pushing the family onto an electric fence. She had poured bleach into her mother's coffee. She had threatened to stab her parents in their sleep, and she smeared blood on their mirrors. Okay, this sounds like beyond the typical. This is like a Stephen King rebellion. novel. This is like. Carrie, I, yeah. uh, I don't know. 
Listen, who among us has <laughs> not adopted a child from Ukraine? <laughs> has not thought about it. doing this. Look at that. I'm sure this girl, Natalia, had a very traumatic childhood. This is her normal way of acting out. But then they noticed something else was wrong with this six year old is that she had ample pubic hair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> was kind of a tell that something wasn't something was quite amiss. right. Okay. And upon discovering this, that was when they <laughs> left the, the girl in their apartment and fled to Canada. Because <laughs> they were, like, traumatized by pubic hair? Okay. Well, they had known. Obviously, the girl is trying to kill them. <laughs> but how old then, was she? Was she 12? Well, and was then, she but like... then the problem, the pubic hair was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> And just last month, the couple was arrested for abandoning the child, for abandoning poor six-year-old Natalia. But how old is Natalia? But upon further, you're jumping the gun here, upon further investigation, they realized that Natalia was in fact a (laughs) 23-year-old adult psychopath masquerading as a child. Okay. (laughs) They did the science. They analyzed her bone density, her period, and her vocabulary, which was of a full adult. And they realized that this was just a grifter. I have so many questions. Okay, so (laughs) Michael and Christine Barnett, (laughs) is there a problem with their eyesight or hearing? No, she had some sort of of like arrested development, dwarfism kind of thing. There's pictures of her in the Daily Mail, which is where I get one third of of my news. Okay. (laughs) Um, And uh, it was plausible that she was a six-year-old, but she was in fact a depraved 23-year-old who had this psychological condition that caused to inflict this harm on the uh, the family that had nothing but love in their hearts in adopting her. Okay. Now it turns out, so where did she get these crazy ideas? It turns out that the thing she did was exactly the same as the plot of a 2009 horror movie called Orphan, in oh. which a pigtailed youngster tries to murder her family. And in that case, it was 33. The, the, the child who was, was impostering was actually 33. Oh. But she obviously was inspired by this movie, Orphan. <laughs> uh, now, the Barnetts just turned themselves in. And Christine Barnett said, the media is painting me as a child abuser, but there is no child here. And the sad part is like, when she adopted Natalia, she knew she was disabled and she adopted her anyway. And she had no idea that this would be the outcome. Yeah. And, and she later said she, this girl needed a home immediately because the previous family had adopted her and returned her. Oh, my God. Which, so you know, Natalia, I mean, if you're going to be inspired by a movie, be inspired by like Erin Brockovich <laughs> or like Norma Ray. <laughs> Fight against a a, a nuclear meltdown (laughs) or Chernobyl. You're turning your forces against the wrong enemies. (laughs) You should be L. You should be L in uh, In in Stranger Things. You have superpowers. Use them for good, not evil. This is a very sad story. I'm sorry for everyone involved. I know you've overcome a lot of adversity in your life, no doubt, but this is a bridge too far. Shut it down, please. Nope. Okay, I'm going to bring it Back to New York City right now. I'm going to talk about the um, uh, Columbia University. Great university. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know the arts are under assault, and not just in middle America, but right here in New York at uh, at Columbia, which is one of the great liberal universities. It turns out that they have banned their marching band, B-A-N-N-E-D, B-A-N-D. 
Why would they do that? Well, it turns out that the band is known for being irreverent. (laughs) (laughs) It should have been a tell that they have no auditions. It's just kind of come as you are. If you can play an instrument or pretend to play an instrument, you're in the band. You're in the marching band. You're in the marching band. And they are known for their, their... antics. So they will do things like the following. They will march uh, in the formation of a penis. That takes a lot of work. That's a lot of work. That's like choreography. Yeah, they're like like, fine engineers. Yes, that's an art unto itself. (laughs) Um, They would go to games and they would cheer on the opposing team. They would cheer for the rivals. Um, They played uh, CeeLo's classic song Fuck You outside of Trump Tower, which I would support and I would gladly take up a tuba Yes. To do the same. And they have Orgo Night, which is very famous, which is that um, on the night of the finals for organic chemistry, which is notably one of the hardest courses anywhere, they would go into the library where all the Orgo students are are, uh, are brushing up on their course materials and play the band there. And then they were clamped, someone clamped down on that, and then they changed venues that they then played outside the library. Um, which it had seems, the same effect. Seems like pretty good, clean fun. Like, yeah, like, like if this is the worst thing that college students are doing, college students prank. They be pranking. Like, it's, this is music. Hate this the pranks, is, not the prankers, yeah, this right? This is called rock and roll or marching band. <laughs> march and roll or something. <laughs> so, of course, there's a political element to this. So, with the band, Isabel Sepulveda said, We are not perfect, but we always try our best to speak truth to power, punch up as much as we can. And I just don't think that's something Columbia wants to hear. It isn't, Right, so she's She's got it in the proper context. And so there's a big game against Georgetown, I guess, coming up. I don't follow these things, but the uh, university has said that if the band shows up, they will be disciplined. They will be disbanded and disciplined. They want them, there's all kinds of nuance. They want them to register as like a a formal school thing, but they're sponsored by the athletic department. Who knows what the fuck is going on with with Columbia. The last thing I need is to think about Columbia politics. All I know is we need more irreverent bands in the world. Yes, I think keep going. Keep like marching in different shapes. Yes, explore all the shapes. I want a I want a vagina shape. Uh, explore all of the shapes. Yes, I want BDE shaped. BDE. I want every every, every possible <laughs> biological shape and and beyond biology. And, and play the music and and feel your, like yourself. Let the music move you. Yeah. <laughs> Let the music play on. <laughs> like they say, let the music play. It won't get away. <laughs> So nope, Columbia, shut this down. You're you're always a nightmare. You're always with the fucking Iranian speaking and no, no just, just like you're not you're not in the Ivy League. Get out of the Ivy League. Just you like, don't deserve let, your spot there. Yeah, you let don't deserve Let some other good school. Let band. like Duke in. Let Stanford in. Just give up your spot. Lots of people would take it. Shut it down, Columbia. Nope. nope. Okay, Rachel. Um, you have a uh, beautiful new dog named Coco, and I you have do. a dog-related item, I don't you? I breaking dog story. So these are the types of things that like I used to just scroll by, but now it's like clickbait it's for me. It's personal. So, And I, I just don't understand why people aren't talking more about this New York Times story. They're reporting that the creator of the first Labradoodle... Which is like a hybrid of a Labrador and a, and a poodle, poodle. very yeah. popular dog. Um, he's out there going on the record saying that this dog breed is his life's regret. How is that possible? I don't know. Labrador is the cutest, friendliest dog, and poodles are allegedly the smartest dog. What could possibly go wrong? He said um, his name is, he's Australian, his name is Wally Conran, and he said, I opened a Pandora's box and released a Frankenstein (laughs) monster. (laughs) 
So I just. It is a hybrid like Frankenstein is. But Labradoodles, they're everywhere. They're like the air we breathe. They are great dogs. You can't dogs. walk down a block in New York City without seeing a Labradoodle. The doodles are fucking everything. Yes. I have a doodle. It's a St. Berdoodle. I, I mean, it's it's a wonderful mix. But they're the, sort of hypoallergenic. With that, like the doodle is sort of punching above its weight. It's <laughs> like literally. The doodle is like just so <laughs> promiscuous. The doodle is everywhere. So, I mean, so just to take a step back, the origin story of the Labradoodle is very interesting. Wally told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation that he originally bred it in 1989 for a blind woman in Hawaii whose husband was allergic to dog hair. And that's where the story was supposed so that's to virtuous. end. That's a yes. human human interest it, i mean it yes it was a medical thing he took this job very seriously over three years he introduced the lady's husband to 33 different standard poodles but none were a match he was allergic to all of them and finally he decided to meet his boss's male poodle harley with a female labradoodle with a female labrador named brandy and nine weeks later brandy gave birth to the world's first labradoodles sheik simon and sultan and so then wally sent hair clippings from all three dogs to the woman in hawaii and only sultan's hair elicited no allergic reaction from the woman's husband so it was like the magic formula it was the he magic had found it. he had found it but then he it's was a sorcerer's like stone <laughs> <laughs> He was like, what do I do with these other two dogs, right? So he created a very effective PR campaign where he reached out to reporters and told them that he had invented a new special hypoallergenic guide dog breed. And all of a sudden... Everyone went wild. Everyone went wild. And I don't know, this guy, Wally, he's hating himself for, for creating joy and he should stop blaming himself for joy, something. But why doesn't he like the the? I mean, the Pandora's box. What 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 is the evil of the <laughs> Labradoodles? He thinks that you know, there's a lot of people just breeding them everywhere. They're all over the place. What's he the thinks problem that with they're, that? They're 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 crazy. Why are they crazy? I they're delightful. Know, but like the head of like the American Kennel Club was like, all dogs are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. why they're dogs. <laughs> So I just think, Wally, stop blaming yourself. Stop hating the Labradoodles. We need more joy. We need more Labradoodles. Yes, I think the psychological issues go deeper than the Labradoodles. I think he's got, you know, he needs to look inward. He needs to look at the man in the mirror. <laughs> yes, he does. I think it's all about him, not about the he poor Labradoodles. He has a lot of regrets. And I, I just, I, I don't like seeing people who are living with regrets. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing it for all the right reasons. Is that why you're giving him nope? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. No. Nope. Nope. Okay. Um, for my last item, I'm going to stay in, uh, I was going to say Asia, but Australasia. I don't think Australia is really Asia. Um, we all know that air travel is getting worse, especially if you're in economy. You basically have to stand up now. You have to pay for your bags. You Surrender all food. your rights as a Surrender human being. Right. It's basically martial law. Uh, but Ch Japan Airlines is trying to innovate, and they have a new feature where when you try to book a seat, it will identify where uh, other people are sitting, where there's the presence of screaming babies on your fight, flight. Okay. And you know the little seating chart when you get to pick your seat? There's like little baby heads <laughs> where there are babies, so you can steer clear of them. 
Okay. okay. So the problem, that sounds like a nice public service if you don't have a baby and you want to steer clear, but I'm going to take a little different angle. And I think this is a case of discrimination, not just against the babies, but against the poor parents who are traveling with these babies, right? Yes. What are they supposed to do? Ditch them at the baggage claim? You have to, like, you have no choice. Right. When you're, when you're a, a mom on a plane or a dad on a plane with a baby, you feel terrible. Right. Which you've been relatively recently. I mean, AJ yes. doesn't cry like that anymore, but no. he did at some point? Yes, okay. yes. So here's what I think, is that um, there are far worse, nobody likes the crying baby, but there are far worse problems. So I think that there should be little icons when you're picking your seats for other much greater problems. So for example, I think there should be an icon for someone who's planning on eating a smelly tuna sandwich. Oh my God, that's that would be, to me, I would rather steer clear of that person than a baby. I would sit, like I would have a baby sit and pee on my lap rather, rather than, than that. that. Right. Yeah. Someone who takes off their shoes and doesn't wear socks. Oh, or right? someone like who puts their foot on top. Up on top of it, like the bare feet. <laughs> Disgusting, right? Someone who's sitting in the window seat who has an overactive bladder. Oh, God. Nightmare. No. That's a total really nightmare. A, bl- a bladder. Oh, God. <laughs> a little bladder. A little, like, toilet. An emoji bladder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a bladder looks like, but I'm sure if I saw the icon, I would recognize would- it. Like, Pushing out urine. Or like someone with like really bad gas. Yes. That's no. easy to, or like a poop emoji. Totally. Easy to represent. The iconography is not the problem here. It's the lack of imagination and empathy. Um, so <laughs> there's actually a web page um, on the uh, Japan Airlines <laughs> website that not only describes this very proudly because it's this innovation. <laughs> But they're, they claim that they're a baby-friendly airline. Okay. And they have a number of features that are for babies that um, presumably other airlines don't have. So there's two that I want to highlight. One is that they have baby blanket rental. Okay. So you can rent soft blankets. This is a quote. Soft blankets exclusively for babies are available. Limited numbers are available on boards. Soft blankets are not available on some aircraft. So it basically says, so what I don't understand, soft blankets are not available, is that, that there are blankets, but they're not soft? Or, or are that they available no blankets, or not? Or not or available? sometimes available? Right, so they're like, basically saying we have soft baby blankets, except when we don't. Except they may or may not be there. Right. So just don't <laughs> announce it at all. Right. So the next one... Under they, promise and over deliver. <laughs> they're the opposite. <laughs> so the next thing they do is they say, let us help you with fixing baby's milk. That sounds great. Okay. He's compassionate, just to, not just to the baby, but to the mother. I mean, it must be very hard. You've done this, like feeding a baby milk yeah. on a plane, right? So here's what they provide. They say they provide hot water and apple juice are available. Um, what does that have to do with milk? <laughs> but then, please bring your own baby's powdered milk, and hot water is not available on some aircraft. <laughs> So basically, <laughs> if by baby's milk they mean apple juice, then yes. This is they like do the like airline <laughs> equivalent of like Lucy pulling the football <laughs> away from Charlie Brown. Yes. This is you can fix the baby's milk, but bring your own milk. 
And we, and we may, may not may have hot water. Anything to mix it so with. So just take some fucking apple juice. Give them a Bloody Mary. Give them anything. Everyone loves a Bloody Mary on a flight. This is a bait and switch. No. This is absolutely terrible. No, Japan Airlines just... Get your shit together. Call us. We can help you. We totally can. We just, we're accepting consulting we fees. Can... God knows we don't make any money from this podcast. <laughs> we, could, we could make you a lot of money, Japan Yes, Airlines. just with the baby market. It's a huge <laughs> untapped market. Billions of dollars. Nope. <laughs> no, shut, shut this down. Um, okay, Rachel, we have recently started doing updates because we have such interesting stories that people want to know more. They want to know more. So we have a couple of updates now on recent stories. You go first, yeah, please. Yeah, so I have an update about Irish Rail. Um, <laughs> last week, we talked about Irish Rail, which is the finest living national railway system Wait, the of Ireland. official railway, not the unofficial pirate railway. Yes, Right. And so there was um, a lot of delays and this man was complaining about the delays and the Irish Rail, what looked like their uh, official Twitter account responded and said that the reason why all of these trains were delayed, like several trains, was because a pigeon got into the conductor's cabin and bit him. Right. And, and we mused like, do we pigeons actually bite? Okay, that was our whole How segment. did it affect so many different trains? Right. And so... They said, then they tweeted back at me, Irish Rail, and said, hi, Wait, so let's just pause on that for a second. Not only, we do have listeners in Ireland, we can see from our little stats and stuff. Yeah, and it's not like I tagged them or anything. They were like Googling (laughs) themselves. Randomly, like, came upon our segment. They're like Brett Stevens, basically, (laughs) like looking for any mention in any form. They're thirsty. They're (laughs) thirsty for anything. So they respond to me and they say, hi, Rachel, this is on Twitter. Please stop spreading false information about the incident. There was no bird, as you mentioned, but instead we hit two cows on separate occasions this week. Okay, I was very confused That's by this. Be, like, is this a parody account? Is this really Irish Rail? Like, who is this? Who is this? And so I looked. No, at, they, it wasn't a tweet. They DM'd us they, both. Yes, and I I looked at their like account bio, and it said that it was a parody account of Irish Rail. And I I pride myself on not being duped right. by parody accounts, but this is a case that I was. And then today, when I tried to find the the DM, it had disappeared, and it's because Twitter deleted the account. The whole Irish for rail impersonating parody account. So Irish they won't delete Trump's account that is full of lies, calling for civil war and treason. Right. But they'll delete the Irish rail I'm account. I'm glad they're focused on the real important issues. Like an <laughs> Irish rail parody account cannot stand. God knows Our what civil, might happen. Our Western civilization will crumble if we allow this to survive. Speaking of things that will cause uh, uh, our economy to crumble, I want to talk Briefly, a follow-up about WeWork. Uh-huh. We talked about all the problems that are happening. Adam Newman, the crazy founder, got fired last week. Well, there are updates here. There was a photo circulating of him walking on, I think it was Irving Place because he was in front of Pete's Tavern, talking on a cell phone with his marvelous flowing hair. Mm-hmm. But the thing that caught people's attention is that he was walking down the street barefoot. Right. Right. So he is retaining his uh, rebel ways, right. even though he has been ousted as the head of WeWork. But the thing, this is my boots on the ground. The thing that really told me something was wrong is I was in a WeWork this morning that I go to all the time. You know, they have those honesty markets where you like take a snack and you scan your phone and you pay for it Uh and they hope you're honest and pay for what you take. It was gone. Just like you turned around and it would just The honesty market was gone vaporized because it's dishonesty it's, it's dishonesty market and i bet the like vendors like they know they're not going to get paid so like amy's organic gluten-free you burritos. know burrito bowls are no longer they're they're not extending credit to we work anymore the canary in 
the coal mine. They knew. It's like a Trump, someone building, you know, making curtains for the Trump hotel. They know or they're Dean never getting DeLuca, paid. Dean and the cookie Dean maker. Dean and DeLuca. It's rampant. Yes, it's <laughs> so the new the Dean and DeLuca. the vendors are the first to cut bait because they don't trust that this is going to be a going concern in five months. That's they right. They're better than the board of directors. Yes. They're on the front line. They should they're talk on the, to the they vendors. They know the pulse. Shareholders should talk to like a committee of vendors. Yes, they should be rep- There should be a, a seat on the board representing the vendors. There should be. Yes, Elizabeth Warren would make that Corporate happen. Corporate governance. I'm coming people. around, Elizabeth Warren. A lot of what you says makes say I, makes sense. Yeah, Elizabeth, and this is, this we love like you. It seems like something that would come out of your platform. So, to the extent that you're in favor of vendors regulating WeWork, <laughs> I'm all, all in. I think we can all jump in on that platform. Okay, shut all that down. Thanks for listening to those updates. Okay, that has all been so terrible that we are now going to get to our yups. These are the little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us going through this terrible, terrible week. Rachel, please start. Yeah, well, so um, Happy New Year. Oh, Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Tova. It, yes, it was Apples Rosh Hashanah. And honey and all that. Sweet, happy New Year. And um, I'm heading into the year 5780. Oh, I didn't remember the Feeling year. like Robert De Niro on Brian Stelter's show, Reliable Sources. One of our finest Jews, it Robert was... De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> he was asked by my friend... Brian Stelter about the criticism that he gets from Fox for speaking out against Trump, notably at the Tony Awards when he said the F word. And Robert De Niro gave this gesture that was so dismissive, was so epitome of like everything that nope is. He just like moved his hand to the side and said, fuck him, fuck him. Really? And I just want... Wait, we have a clip, right? Yeah, we, we have that clip. And I just want that attitude to take me through this year. Okay, I'll cut it in if I can. If not, we'll link to it in the show notes. Yes. Okay, so Robert De Niro, that's the yup. My yup goes to the new Netflix, Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk Netflix series called The Politician. And it stars uh, Ben Platt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Lange, who plays the same Jessica Lange character amazing. that she always plays in Ryan Murphy. But it's amazing. He's Keep like, doing do it, it again. Do right. It again. It's about this kid in high school who uh, decides he wants to be the president of the United States. And he's going to start by becoming president of his school. It's like eight or ten episodes. And it's just there's like ten characters and there's backstabbing and drama. And and Ben Platt is obviously so amazing in it. He actually sings like some of his he sings uh, Vienna by Billy Joel. Oh, I love him. Which just like He's brought so a tear to my eye. It was amazing. So I recommend. And Gwyneth Paltrow is. She's our. She's she's the Meryl Streep of her generation. She, is. she I'm finally so glad came to back. See her acting in something. Yeah, again. she's like an Earth mother. She's the mother of Ben Platt. She's like an Earth mother, but she's absolutely amazing. Um, she falls in love with uh, Martina Navratilova. Really? <laughs> in a cameo, unexpected. <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay, I'm as, definitely watching. As like that. an equestrian. Okay, so um, those are our yups. Please watch that show. Wow, this has been a wow. terrible, crazy... It was such a crazy week, we couldn't even talk about the news. We had to write a movie about the news. We are heading into another into insane an abyss. Into an abyss. abyss. We, we don't know what's going to happen, but we are so grateful for you taking this journey with us. Yes, you're on the journey. You're on the journey, and we're not here to make friends. No. <laughs> Just like every reality show ever. <laughs> we're on a nonstop Irish rail... <laughs> journey into the precipice <laughs> with pigeons flying biting us Cows babies falling. crying in the seats it's just terrible okay thank you for listening if you've enjoyed this podcast please rate review subscribe do whatever you can to spread the word we're having such terrible times but so much fun recording this podcast this has been this week in nope the podcast where we shut it down wanna be my new friend we got a lot in common.